Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church of Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. You can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any other popular podcast platforms. This sermon from Sunday, October 30th, continues our series, Stories of Hope. We always default to what is comfortable. It's in our nature. But what happens when being comfortable can be dangerous? And is God calling us to be uncomfortable? What a joy to be uh, with choir this morning to discover firsthand. uh, That's what Rick was talking about in his video, uh, the power of community and love in that group. As in many churches, um, the biggest small group in the church uh, thank you, especially thanks to the second tenor sitting around me teaching me my parts. That's always appreciated, Matt. Thank you, Vince. Uh, what a welcoming group, inspiring. Um, love it, love it. We are uh, in celebrating Let Me Fly, and you know these kind of spirituals. Um, one of these days, when I wake up in the morning, they're spiritual themes Uh, When this life is over, I'll fly away. They take death and they make light of it. It's a Halloween theme, really. They take the end and they bring joy to it. They say things that we ought to be supposedly afraid of and say, not me. I'm with the Lord Jesus and I'm going to be fine. And on that morning, I'm going to be praising as well. It's a powerful, powerful statement to carry with us. And the music to match. My heart's still kind of going fast. I'm trying to slow down a little because I know I talk too fast in preaching, as a few of you have let me know. Um, <laughs> here we are, All Hallows Eve, Eve, and when we celebrate the saints who have gone before, we celebrate those who are no longer here, but we feel their presence. And instead of being uh, just sad and afraid, we say, let me fly. I'm getting there too. And it's going to be fine. Boy, do we need that good news. And today, by way of scaring you, I'm going to finish up talking about money this morning. (laughs) So how about that? Something where your anxiety about pastor talking about money is coming toward you. And by the time we get there, you're going to say, that wasn't as scary as I feared. And now it's done. And you'll be grateful for me talking about money because it'll be a relief at the end. Uh, Nothing to be, it's just done. It's just Don talking about money, not a big deal. We've been making our way through Exodus uh, from midwives helping Moses be born to Moses in the basket in the river and what you and I draw forth from these ancient stories, from bushes that burn and inspire and transform to God working through even people like Pharaoh and you and me to get God's way done to the women dancing on the shore after the crossing of the Red Sea, the starting of our story. The stories that we tell, we're celebrating stories uh, for stewardship, uh, but Moses and Exodus has, frankly, some of the best stories in all of Scripture, and so we're looking at those stories. And last week, uh, foundations, the Ten Commandments given on these stone tablets. Uh, We were in Bible study afterwards. By the way, Jordan, I can always bring Bible study back in here if we need to. You'll be thinking about what makes sense in a few minutes here. Because um, I know we got a lot going on. I think it was Rob at Bible study said, um, could you explain inerrancy of scripture? Because I 
made this parallel between the stone tablets and what we in the main line or old line have said are our foundation, what became fundamentals, something to stand on, uh, and how we've moved from those and on those and interpreting those. And Rob said, don't we believe that the Bible is written by people but inspired by God? Yes, A-plus answer. Uh, we don't believe in inerrancy. We don't believe that this is a perfect book uh, without fault, without interpretation struggles, without great absences, textual variance. Uh, that's why we love studying it. If it was inerrant, you wouldn't need me. <laughs> if it was inerrant, we'd have someone read it, and there'd be an easy thing to say, and this is what it means for your life. Um, we're someplace a little more difficult this morning, even though we want security. I don't blame us uh, for wanting security. By the way, Jordan's going to finish up next week, take us out of Exodus. Out What Britney Spears, thank you. Do you know what Britney Spears is an anagram of? No, tell us. Anagrams are letters that are scrambled. And then Britney Spears, I kid you not, this is going to distract you. Uh, Britney Spears is an anagram of Presbyterians. <laughs> I, I know that's going to be the main thing you take from today's sermon. I'm okay with that, and we're moving on. The Bible study is how we got here, how we moved out of the wilderness and became established. Uh, come today, even if you missed last week, we got two more weeks because it's a fascinating story. It matters how we tell these stories. It shapes us, and it shapes our message as well. And, of course, after that, we have our annual meeting on the 13th, and we're finishing up the liturgical year, if you're familiar with that, in November. I'm finishing up with some great passages out of Paul and Revelation before, believe it or not, we're only a month away from, uh, uh, from Advent and the start of the liturgical year. Let's finish the story. If you want to follow along, I'm on Exodus 32. This is page 138 of your pew Bible because this is a story about our need for foundations and security, but also maybe an idolatrous sometimes need for security. Allie talking about the distractions, what attracts our eye, what we are drawn to compellingly, even if it might not be the best thing for us in this spectacular story. Moses has been gone a while getting the Ten Commandments, the tablets, by the way, written front and back. I'd forgotten that about till this week again. The people say, we don't know when he's coming back. We're feeling insecure. We want to do something. And so what they do, and this is hilarious, they take where did they get all this jewelry? We assume this is kind of plunder they've taken from Egypt as well, and they're melting it down, and they make a golden calf. We don't know how big this calf is. Um, 
But I love this part of the story. This is one of the funniest uh, and also the angriest uh, passages in the whole book. I'm on 15. Moses turned and went down the mountain. Actually, I want to go back because this is too good. I'm back to 11. <laughs> God wants to destroy these people. And God says, uh, these people of yours, which is fabulous. Which, when I get a phone call from my sister and it starts this way, you know what your brother did? Can, can you hear the subtle difference? That's what this is. Uh, Moses is about to turn and try to change God's mind based on vanity. Luckily for us, it works. Um, I'm going to destroy them all. This is 10 and 11. God says, don't let your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt. Moses trying to remind God of God's promises and what God's all about because God's forgotten. God's ticked and ready to end it here. We owe Moses a lot. Uh, why should the Egyptians say, and this is Moses applying a thing in God's vanity. Why should they say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? How embarrassing that would be for God to have them say that about God. Turn from your fierce anger, relent and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, etc. All this good stuff. Uh, and then they'll be your inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented woo, and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. Now we're at 15. Moses turned, went down the mountain with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. The tablets uh, were the work of God. The writing was the writing of God. I don't know what that means engraved on the tablets. I've read lots of writings of God's uh, as well. Powerful, inspired, as Rob told us. Uh, this is how scripture works. When Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting, he said to Moses, ah, there's a sound of war in the camp. Moses replied, it's not the sound of victory. It's not the sound of defeat. It's the sound of singing that I hear. When Moses approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, his anger burned and he threw the tablets out of his hands, breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. We went to a lot of work to get these and now they're broken. And he took the calf, and this is my favorite story of Moses. This is my favorite story of Moses. I usually try to shift it in the church here so I can have it land on a communion Sunday because here it is. He took the calf they had made, burned it in the fire, then he ground it to powder, scattered it on the water, and made the people drink it. Wow. If you've ever had, ever had to give your cat a pill and you got to grab their, and you go, that, I, I see Moses doing this all the time. You, wanted, you, want some, you want some gold? Here's your gold. Here's your gold. This is the covenant of the Lord. I've saved your hide from God destroying you, and now your idolatry, you're going to pay for it. Oh, beautiful. Uh, Moses, with a sense of the dramatic and flair, would have been great. We like to be right. Um, our security becomes idolatrous, and that's a problem for me especially. 
I want to be open to mystery because that's how God works. But my ego wants me to be smart, wise, respected, and never wrong. (laughs) I want to be secure in what I stand on, but I'm actually called towards insecurity. I'm actually called towards faithfulness. Uh, I would rather be unquestionable. I'm supposed to be questioning myself and relying on God. At Halloween, we say, come on. Come on, Don, and your persona. You can afford to be wrong. You can afford to be a little scared of death. You can afford to have a little fun. Lighten up your theology. It doesn't have to be, or scripture, infallible. It's just you. You're made up in this nice shirt and tie. Come on. We know what's really going on. All right. Visitors, visitors, uh, relatively recent attenders, I look forward to meeting you. I hope I can become your friend and pastor. The last page isn't for you. Friends, welcome to Tithers Anonymous. My name's Don. I'm a tither. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a tither and have been for years, what that means. And right now you're thinking, uh, does that mean 10% of his income? Yeah, it does. Weird, huh? 10% of my income is coming back to new hope. Right now, speaking of scared, there's no one more scared than the board of stewards in this room. (laughs) My friends, Dan Hodge and Rick and others, who, who love you, And would never do anything to make you feel uncomfortable or make you feel uh, guilty. Um, Me too. Me too. Uh, What I also want you to remember is your next pastor, your called pastor, may be even less polite than me. We don't talk much about money at New Hope. I think it's a shame. Jesus talks a lot about money. We don't like to talk because it makes us uncomfortable, and now I'm about to violate all sorts of things. I tithe. I know you're thinking, he tithes because the math is easier. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I bring this up. One of the strange things about being pastors is you know what we make. You vote on it every year. It's a really strange part of my gig, our gig, that no one else shares. Isn't that strange? And if you didn't know, you're paying me uh, what you paid Russ. We can talk later if you think that's a good idea or not. Um, And what you're going to be paying the next person who comes up these stairs next fall. Uh, I shouldn't say that. It might be a little more. They could easily say, hey, how about inflation, New Hope? So because it's weird and because uh, I know this is distracting, you're doing math in your head, I'm coming up on my first quarterly payment of $2,500 back to New Hope. All right? I'm giving 10000 of my 104000 back to you. Boy, isn't that rude of him to say all this up front? Um, he only tithes because uh, here's why. I want you to know I'm all in. Whatever this is this year, I am all in emotionally, spiritually, 
financially, all right? I'm glad to be here, delighted to be chosen as your pastor. Um, you're saying he just gives 10%. You're, th you're thinking, what a weird thing for a liberal to do, take those passages literally? <laughs> I, I can't argue with you there. Um, God has always blessed me with a, not a regret at the end of the year and having to say, oh, I couldn't do something because I wanted giving back to my congregations. All right. When that happens, I'm out. <laughs> when that happens, then we'll try something else. When that happens, then I'll try your 3%. Ouch, you're doing the math. You're doing the math and saying, he's saying 3% because he knows it's really only 2.5%. And he's trying to make us feel bad. No, I just know that we're average. All right. Another way I was at 275 giving units. We're trying to get to $800,000 in pledges. You can do the math. Our board of stewards and our videos having great conversations. How much detail should we put in? We don't want to overwhelm them. We want you, you need to support New Hope Church. New Hope is in an extraordinary position in a remarkably conservative politically and remarkably conservative religiously environment. We have something different here. The world should know about it. The town should know about it. You should give more money than you are to New Hope. Wow. Wait, isn't he supposed to be thanking us for our generosity? <laughs> Almost there. Almost there. He just gives 10% so he knows when someone comes into his office to complain, he can be sure that he's giving more percentage than they are back to the party. And probably other than one or two handfuls of people that the amount of money is more than anyone who complain. Yeah, there's, there's that too, I suppose. It's what I believe God has called me to. My life is easy. None of us give sacrificially. I don't give sacrificially. That's what we're called to. New Hope needs you. We're at the end, like every church I know, we're at the end of COVID and trying to decide what is going on. Are we ever going to recover? Are we ever going to get back to those good old days? Look at our financial problems. This room today has the power to change that story and say, no, New Hope came out strong and said, we want to be the church of Jesus Christ because Castle Rock needs us. Highlight of my week this week was talking to Jane about the deacons. Castle Rock doesn't want to be the best church. Uh, New Hope wants to be the best church, not in Castle Rock, but the best church for Castle Rock. What an incredible distinction. What an inspiring list Jane gave me and talked through of the amazing things this community does. Hands-on serving people. You ought to give more than you are. To New Hope because it's a unique uh, church in best situated of any church I know to make a really important distinction and difference. You ought to vote. Oh no, he's doing politics and money? <laughs> you ought to vote. Your ballot is the pledge card. Make a difference. Vote for New Hope Presbyterian Church. You can set us up in 2023 to be the best, most effective body of Christ anywhere.
Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. Go in peace and have a wonderful day.